Deuteronomy chapter 6. <laughs> Did you lose something? <laughs> if, he, if he finds that 20 euro note I dropped, I can... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Alright, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 24. I want to talk a little bit about the fear of God. I feel like I put my shovel in the ground and this hole's getting deeper, but there's so much in the Bible about the fear of God. But I actually just want to talk about forgetting to fear the Lord. What happens when you forget to fear the Lord? Anyway, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 24 says, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord, our God, for our good always, that He might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And that verse, you know, I just thought about the fear of God and then I saw in the verse here that it's commanded. God commanded Israel to fear Him. And, you know, you think, well, you know, it's commanded. Uh, I have to do it. Well, no, you didn't have to. But God said, fear me. Have the fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord in your life because it's for your good. Always. It's for your good. And, uh, so he, he commanded the Israelites. He commanded his people to fear him because it was good for them. Turn over to chapter 10. Chapter 10 and in verse 12. Fear the Lord. And now Israel, chapter 10 verse 12, and now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways and to love Him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. You know, you stop fearing God, you're getting in a bad place. You better keep the fear of God before you all the time. Now, you're not maybe consciously thinking about it, but it's down embedded deep in your heart just who God is. And uh, that He commands respect. And He deserves honor. It seems like the church today uh, could use a little shot of the fear of the Lord. Uh, it's just not as productive as it once was. Uh, barring this church, which is very exceptional, most churches... Uh, are just going along with the program. And I think maybe it could be because they've lost the fear of God. You know, Romans chapter 3 and verse 18, talking about lost hell-bound sinners, said there is no fear of God before their eyes. Well, if it's, if it's, if it's bad for them, how bad can it be for a Christian to lose the fear of God? Uh, you know, what, what can take place in your life? How far can you get away from God when you stop fearing Him? But imagine how the, how the church could move forward if we all had a remembrance of the fear of God in our lives. Always aware of His power and His presence every single day. Look, there's still a lot of good churches and there's a lot of good Christians. Uh, people are being saved. and uh, But there's a general attitude, I think, that, well, that's not for me. I'll, I'll do what I want to do. Uh, it's not important. I'm saved and that's enough. And uh, I think... Those people have forgotten to fear the Lord. And they're going to find themselves in a very bad place. Now, what does it mean 
to fear the Lord. What does it mean to fear God? Well, I would say it's a, it's it's a deserved reverence and respect for who God is. But I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I said, what is the fear of God? How does it affect me? And I think it comes to the point where I said, it is the right response to knowing God. When you really know who God is, when you study Him in the Bible, when you see who He is and what He can do, your response should be, I respect Him. I honor Him. I hold Him up with reverence in my life because He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is all-holy. I mean, look, we give reverence and respect to our fathers and mothers and our parents. And rightly so. They deserve respect. Uh, how much more God should have the respect of Christians 24-7, 365 days of the year? But we find ourselves falling into patterns sometimes and sin and, and we get lackadaisical and we move back from service. We've forgotten the fear of God. We've forgotten to fear God. We've forgotten to give Him the respect and honor that He deserves. Look at Malachi chapter 1. Go to the book of Matthew if you want in the New Testament and turn back one book and you'll find Malachi. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and he should, and a servant his master. This is God speaking. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise thy name, and you say, wherein have we despised thy name? God is saying, where is my honor as your God and your father? Where is my honor and fear as your master? He wasn't being shown that by the, by the state of Israel, by the people of the, the Jews. And I, I fear that we don't love him and honor him and fear him the way we should. And it shows up in our lives in several different ways. And I'll show you that in a minute. But I'll, you might just say, well, I love God. Well, so do I. And God wants us to love him. But you better fear him also. And the more you fear Him, the more you'll love Him. The more you read the Bible and find out who God is and what He can do, you'll start to fear God. And I'm, and you know what? There is a bit of that. You know what He can do? He can, He can take the air out of my lungs at any moment. He can take away my sight. He can just end my life. And you know what? That does kind of make my knees knock sometimes. And there's nothing the matter with fearing Him because of who He is and what He can do. And His power. And He's my Father. He's my Heavenly Father. I should show Him the same respect, much more respect than I would show my earthly Father. But to know Him is to fear Him. The more you read this Bible, the more you'll, you'll fear God. And to fear Him is to know Him. He's the Creator. He's the Lord. You know, I, I, I give you a lump of clay, Bill. What, what could you do with a lump of clay? Now throw it back at me. There you go. You can make a ball out of it and hit me in the head with it. God made a man. And then breathed into him a soul. He's the Creator. i got to remember that. That makes me fear Him. I can't do that. I can only make an ashtray. 
<laughs> That's what we did in class. Now I don't I don't smoke anymore. But well, maybe I could make a bowl out of it. Maybe I should say that. Not a nice drink. <laughs> but you know, he's the creator and he's Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He's Jehovah God. He doesn't need us, he wants us. We need him. He is the Lord. You know, I didn't know that when I got saved. I didn't know all about God. I don't even know that I had that fear. I, I feared going to hell. What I needed was not, in the sense, Jehovah and the fear of God and all. I needed a Savior. And that's what He was to me. But the more I'm saved, the longer I'm saved and the longer I read my Bible, I realize what a sinful, how far away from God we can be even when we think we're doing okay. Because He's holy, holy, holy. And that makes me fear Him. See, you don't have to know it all. God knows what's in this heart. Good thing I don't know what's in your heart. But you know what's in there. And then when you think about how He still says, I love you. I want to be close to you. I fear Him. Because He can just He can just wrap this whole thing up and tie a bow around it and that's it. It's over. I'm glad I didn't know that at salvation. You know, those who may need a good kick in the pants with this message aren't here. But we are. So, we could use a kick in the pants. But I'll tell you what, like you said this morning, it is a crying shame for most of the church to not be here tonight. It's a crying shame. They don't fear God. Now, I know, I know there could be a million things, crushes and kids and all that, and work that some people are working, but some people are sitting home on the couch, watching TV, with no fear of God. Now, they could say they do, but you'd be here if you had the fear of God. And you would put up with kids running around back there if they came. I know you would. But there's no fear of God. So the choir's here. Where's the fear of God in your life? I just want you to think about Proverbs 14.27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. To depart from the snares of death. So as far as I'm concerned, more Bible... More, more fear. More Bible, more fear. Where is the fear of God working in our lives? Where can I see it working in my life? Because the fear of God makes your life fuller. It makes it more joyous. It, obviously, it'll keep you obedient. And, um, it'll make you usable. You know, God will be able to use you because you're walking with Him and you're in the fear of God. So you have to ask yourself, do you fear God? Now, probably not a one of you would say no, but think about your life and some of the areas of your life that you know about and some of the attitudes that we have sometimes. That's, it does not, it does not bode well that we have the fear of God in our lives. You're trying to push Him off. You stay over there. I'm going to do what I want to do. So people, us, Christians, uh, Sometimes we forget the fear of God. And in doing so, we forget some other things. And number one is, some of us have forgotten their consequences for sin. <laughs> Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. That doesn't change once you get saved. You can sin yourself right to death. If you want. Now you may go to heaven, but I wouldn't want to stand in your place. Just like you're not going to stand in my place. I wouldn't want to sin, 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 sin till I get to heaven. Because I'm saved. And then have to stand before Jesus Christ and answer for that. 
Now, not the sin, but there you are with ashes. Come on into heaven. For the wages of sin is death. Now, the fear of God promotes holiness. The fear of God, knowing who He is, and who you serve, and who you're going to look at someday at that beam of seat judgment, promotes holiness in your life. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So the fear of God, when you get on your knees in the morning, maybe say, Lord, I fear the Lord. I know who You are. I realize Your power and Your holiness. And it begins to just get down deep in your heart that, you know, the fear of God. I am walking with the Lord today. And that in itself, the fear of God, I believe, can be a barrier to sin in your life. Because I think that's what the verse is telling us. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By God's mercy, and uh, sin can be removed. And by the fear of the Lord, though, men depart from evil. You know, I know that because I know of another man in the Bible who eschewed evil. Do you, do you know who that is? Turn over to Job chapter 1. Turn over to Job chapter 1. I want you to see something else in that verse. Job chapter 1, verse 1. Job chapter 1, verse 1 says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that what? He feared God and eschewed evil. He feared God and eschewed evil. Fear of God will be a barrier to sin in your life. Because he's, you're, you're recognizing, I'm getting ready to sin against God. Stop it. Get on your knees. Ask for help. You know, Satan said in verse 9, Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for not, for nothing? Well, look what God said. Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance and his increase in the land. And you know what I got to say to that? Put a hedge around me, God. Put a hedge around me and please don't take it down like you did Job. Because I'm not half, one quarter the man Job is. Put the hedge up. I would rather fear you as a, as a barrier to sin and God build a hedge around me. Because I don't want to deal with Satan. Amen. I can't even deal with my flesh. Let alone Satan. Job feared God. And it got him all the way to chapter 42. He got all the way there. I'll tell you, the fear of God will be a barrier to sin in your life. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Imagine seeing this. Above it stood the seraphim's Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved 
at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. You think he was fearful? Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto, him, unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. You know, it's amazing what a glimpse of Jesus Christ will do. Because Isaiah actually saw the Lord on His throne. In all of His majesty. And, and what did it do? He said, woe is me. The moment you get a glimpse of Jesus Christ, the moment through the pages of your Bible, the moment you, you see Him in all His glory, you'll say, woe is me. I am undone. I am cast down. Our God is holy. And uh, you know, you wonder sometimes, how much sin do you tolerate in your life? How much sin do you allow into your life? How far can it build up when you finally go, wow, what am I doing? How far away am I from God? Look at my attitude has changed. Why am I so upset at people? Why am I? How much sin is in my life? The fear of God will be a barrier to that. Just like it was for Isaiah. Proverbs 8.13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 23.17, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. So apparently, you can be in the fear of God all the day long and walk with God all day in the fear of God. Some have forgotten their consequences for sin, but the fear of God promotes holiness. Number two, some have forgotten personal responsibility in missions. I know that sounds funny, but it's like we don't have a duty. It's like we have no duty to the lost. We have no duty to God to go out into this world. Mark 16.15 says, Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. And I wonder which person would say, that's not for me. That was not intended for me. I don't have to abide by that command. Are we going? Are you actively going? I'm not saying you're over in a foreign country, but are you going where you are? Do you spend any time caring, praying, giving, witnessing to people, to lost people? Because the fear of God will promote duty in you. You will realize that God said to go. Who am I to tell Him no? Who do I think I am that I'm not going to obey that command, but I'll obey that one and maybe that one? That's what's the matter with the church today. There's no fear of God. I'll go, I'll go soul winning if I feel like it. My Saturdays are my Saturdays. There's no fear of God before their eyes. You know, back in Isaiah 6, 8, if you want to go there, I, in fact, we're still here, aren't we? Woo! Alright, Isaiah, look at verse 8. It says, also, this is after he sees the Lord high and lifted up. He gets the iniquity purged in his life. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. You get the fear of God in your life. You get walking with God. And uh, the pastor says, Who's going on the mission trip? Your hand shoots up. Well, I didn't even think about it yet. Well, maybe I ought to talk to the boss. Maybe I ought to find out where I'm going to get the money for it. Your hand will just shoot up. I'll tell you, I've been in churches where just people just volunteer. There's a spirit of, uh, I, I'll go, I'll do it. 
What happened to that? What happened to that volunteerism? You say, well, God didn't call me. Yes, He did. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's already called you. Now you want a personal call? You'll get it. But start volunteering to just do the original command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know why people aren't doing it? Because there's no fear of God. They just think they can do what they want. I don't know. Be careful. Be ready to go. God is still calling. He was calling. He says here, also I heard the voice of the Lord. He heard the voice of God. And so do you. Every time you open this book, go and teach all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's right there. You hear it in your ear as you read your Bible. Are you prepared to tell God no? You ready to tell Him no? I won't do that. Well, I'll not be a witness. No excuses. There's a ton of excuses. I have just as many excuses as you do. I got them as long as my arm. I could think of my excuses not to go. But I fear God. And I think it's the greatest thing you can do is to go and tell others about Jesus Christ. What has to happen? I don't even know how I wrote this. What has to happen that hasn't already happened for you to go? What has to take place in your life that hasn't already taken place for you to go? I I was in my late 40s when I got called. 48 years old. So there's not a person in here that can't get called to the mission field. You won't get by that with me. Tony, you're not going to get through that with me. If he calls, you better go. Even if it's the Carragher line. But all I'm saying is, nobody's too old to go. No way. In fact, I bet you there's some mission agencies and mission boards, they're looking for some people who are, who are mature and you know, grown up and been in the Lord for a long time. And then they get a call. And then they say, you know what, I'm going to go. You mentioned this morning about, right, nobody's paying here. The, my, my salary or my money comes from over there in the States. But 60% of it is my own personal retirement. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of guys that retire and say, I'm, I may be retired from this job, but I haven't retired from serving God. Yeah. Guess what God does? He calls them. They already have a heart to go. They already have their finances. And then God calls them to the mission field. And you know what they do? They go. You know why? They fear God. What has to happen for you to go? Maybe you just need to fear God. So some people have forgotten their responsibility. Their duty to go to the mission field. Which is right outside the doors of of this place here. Number three, some have forgotten you're just supposed to study the Word of God. What is 2 Timothy 2.15 study? To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, that's a command. It's not just to read your four chapters and get up and go. It's to study the word of God. Not just the pastor, but every Christian that is written to. It wasn't just written to Timothy. It was written to Christians. To study the Word of God. You know why people don't do it? Because they find it boring. You know why they find it boring? They have no walk with God. You know why they have no walk with God? Because they don't fear God. And there's too many other distractions for the flesh. But to sit down and quietly 
have all that quiet around you and just sit down and read your read your Bible and have God speaking to you. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. But there's too many distractions. Some have forgotten you are to study the Word of God. But the fear of God causes us to seek after wisdom. It causes us to seek after wisdom. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. In verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Boy, they wouldn't like that. person wouldn't like that if you called them a fool because they despise reading their Bible. Well, that's because you despise wisdom and instruction because you have no fear of God. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge. Look in verse 29. Verse 29 says, For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Who's that? Well, that's those out of verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Look at verse 24. Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. And God says, I'm going to laugh when your calamity comes. When destruction comes upon you, I'm going to laugh at you. I'll hold you in derision. For why? Why? For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Man, make that your starting place. Fear of God. It'll get you started on the right path every day, remembering just who it is is in charge of your life. To learn of Him. To know Him. To know His ways. As I said, no Bible, no fear. If you don't read your Bible, you will not fear God. You're not going to know Him. How in the world? Did you fear God before you got saved? No. Until somebody told you you were going to hell and you went, well, I don't want to go there. Wow. You mean there's a Savior? But you didn't think about all that fear of God and all the different names for for Jesus. You didn't even know about that. But more Bible you put in. Now look look at chapter 2 and verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I wonder how many of us are seeking searching, crying out, inclining my ear, lifting up my voice to God, applying my heart, seeking His wisdom and His knowledge like it's silver. God is the gold. I'm reaching for God. I want to know more about God by reading my Bible. And when I do, the more I learn about God, then I learn the fear of the Lord. Then I learn to fear Him for who He is because I know who He is. To fear Him is to know Him. And to know Him is to fear Him. Well, some have forgotten to study the Word of God, but the fear of God causes us to seek after wisdom. Some have forgotten that they're commanded to pray. We've been commanded to pray. Doesn't it say that in 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That's a command. Paul had just a list of commands there that he laid out. And one of them was pray without ceasing. 
Think about how much time you spend in prayer. And how little time you may spend in prayer. You can then measure your fear of God. How much do I really fear Him? How much do I really know Him? Well, the fear of God reminds us that we need to pray. Turn to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. By the way, Nehemiah chapter 1 is a great... You ought to read it to learn how to pray. It has a good model of a prayer there. and uh, But in verse 11, he prays his whole prayer because he's so broken, so contrite, so hurting, knowing that the walls of Jerusalem have been down, everything's been burned up. His place where he lived, they're in great affliction to people, they're reproached. And he prays for uh, to be able to go back. And uh, in verse 11, he finally says this, O Lord, I beseech Thee, let now Thine ear be attentive to the prayer of Thy servant, and the prayer of Thy servants, who desire to fear Thy name and prosper. I pray Thee, Thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed because he feared the name of the Lord. In fact, I'll tell you, if you read through that prayer, even in verse 5, he says, And I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, a God to be feared. And he reminds God of all of his promises. And then he begs him for help. And there's nothing the matter with that. Just don't get it out of, out of whack because Nehemiah also asked for confession of his sins. What I'm saying is, when he gets to the end, he says, who desire to fear thy name. You have to remember who you're talking to. I, Nehemiah did not stop praying. I came to find out that there's about a four-month span here before he finally comes before Artaxerxes. And Artaxerxes sees his countenance has fallen and begins to ask him, what's going on? What's the matter, Nehemiah? You're not like you normally are when you come before me. And he tells them, and guess what? God then answers the prayer. God will answer your prayers. I know many of you waited months, maybe years. Keep praying. Keep, keep, keep praying and fearing God. And He will answer that prayer. He always does. He always answers the prayer. Just maybe not the way we want. But you find yourself, when prayer becomes drudgery, there's a problem. When prayer is just some boring thing to do, like reading your Bible, I don't know, maybe somebody ought to check their salvation. Or, you got a problem with the fear of God. You don't fear God. You don't know Him. And you, who, who am I talking to? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me. We get to talk with Him every day, remembering who He is. You know, Nehemiah feared God and he had a heavy burden. And I'm sure some of you are carrying these heavy burdens. And he waited and waited in the fear of God and God finally answered. I'm just saying the fear of God will remind us that we need to pray. Because some of us have forgotten that. I'd hate, I'd hate for God. Well, he does. He sees each one of us knows how much time we spent in prayer today and tomorrow. How much time we really spend on our knees. It'll show the level of 
the fear of God in our lives. Number five, I only have two more. Number five is some have forgotten your servants of God. You've just forgotten that you're a servant. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. You know these verses in verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, because He was. But He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. If we have a great example, it's Jesus Christ. He was the greatest, humblest servant of God. Amen? Amen. He, he was a humble servant of God. And the fear of God is necessary in God's servants. And even in Jesus Christ. And I'll show you that verse. The last verse we look at. Even Jesus Christ feared. He feared. It's good to fear God. It's good to honor the Father. It's good to give Him 110% of your life. It's good to lay it all on the altar. Because you fear God. Jesus did. Because He feared I'm telling you, the fear of God is necessary in God's service. We read that in Nehemiah 1.11. We don't have to go back. He said it over and over again. Called himself a servant. His servants. This servant. Your servant. Hey, Philippians 1.1. What does it say? Right there in your Bible. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. Over and over again. Moses was a servant. Joshua was a servant. Abraham was a servant. David was a servant. All great men and women would refer to themselves as servants of God. Why have some of us forgotten that? I think it's because the fear of God. You've lost the fear of God. It's not present with you all the time. You don't realize that, yeah, I'm the servant of God. (laughs) Amen? I'm not just serving this church or this person. I'm serving God. I'm co-laborers with God Almighty. That's amazing. That'll keep you going. That'll keep you serving. Turn to Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Some of us needed a good dose of humility. Proverbs 15.33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. The fear of the Lord will help you serve humbly. It'll get you down there where you say, I don't care what I have to do. I'll do whatever I'm asked to do. I'll just try to serve God as best I can. When we don't, it's because we have the spirit of pride in us. I know when it gets into me. I hate it. And I know you do too. But some want honor, but if they've never learned humility. Most of the, most of the, the snowflakes today, the millennial generation, they don't want to work at McDonald's. They don't want to flip burgers. They don't want to start in the mail room of the company. They want to be the CEO. They want to own a McDonald's. They haven't learned humility. They just want to go right to the top. They want to stand behind the pulpits. And they want to, they want to give everybody direction. Hey, why don't you try being on the other side and just serving God for a while? Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time. 
Let God do the exaltation. Just wait on Him. Don't get yourself up on, on a pedestal. The fear of God will help that. The fear of God will whew, get you right down there where you belong. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse um, 28. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly what? Fear. I don't know, there's something about this idea of fearing God. And, and if you don't, it says our God is a consuming fire. There is a judgment day. And that's my last point. There's going to be a judgment. We are going to stand before God. And He is a consuming fire. 1 Corinthians 3 tells us that a lot of our wood, hay, and stubble is just going to burn up. How to serve God? You serve Him with reverence and godly fear. They kind of just knit themselves together. That's how you serve God acceptably. Psalm 19.9, if you turn there. And we're going to go back to it again, but I just have a couple more Scriptures. Psalm 19 and verse 9. Psalm 19, verse 9. Look what it says here. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. You know, the fear of God will go a long way to stopping the sinful ways and keep you from serving God. That's the reason you're not serving, because you're probably mired in sin. The fear of God will go a long way because it's clean. The fear of the Lord is clean, and it's pure. And the, the, the fear itself is clean, and the fruit of it is clean. It just cleans you up. We'll go a long way to stopping any sinful ways because the fear of God, it's like a cleanser in your life. It'll clean you up. You know, you could look at Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 18. It just talks about who you are serving of. Who have you yielded yourself, your members, a servant to be a servant of sin or a servant of righteousness? It's up to you. But I'll tell you what, you can kind of get a good leaning to serve righteousness if you'll have the fear of God. Fear of the Lord in your heart. So some have forgotten to be a servant of God. Well, the fear of God is necessary in God's servants. And finally, some have just forgotten that there's a judgment coming. Second Corinthians chapter five. Look at Second Corinthians chapter five. As I said, I, I think because we don't see it, because we're hoping it's far off, because Jesus is such a good God, that we forget that there's, this is a judgment on how we serve God here as Christians. Oh yeah, all your sins been dealt with at the cross, but do you realize the shame you can walk around heaven with until all the tears are wiped away and all the sorrow is gone? To leave that Bema seat judgment with ashes and tears and shame? Why did I serve you? Why didn't I fear you the way I should have? 
I knew this was coming. It says it in verse 9, chapter 5, verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So there it is. The terror of the Lord. His power. His nature. We're to fear Him. We're going to stand before Him someday. I won't stand there for you. You won't stand there for me. Everything that was done in darkness and secret will now be on the mountaintops, on the hilltops. Everybody's going to say it. Right there, we're going to stand before God and He's going to reveal our lives to us. And some of those, some of those uh, crowns and and maybe we'll get some rewards, but there's a lot, going to be a lot of wood, hay, and stubble also. It's just all going to burn up. It's not going to last through the judgment. The fear of God will remind you that that day is coming. It may help you just get one hurdle over in your life that you've been struggling with. Like coming out on a Saturday afternoon for an hour or two to go soul winning. I know people are busy. Everybody's busy. I... I just find it's excuses. That's all it is. It's excuses. And everybody's got them. The fear of God will take those excuses and put them right where they need to be. In the pit of hell. Someday, you're going to have to answer for your coldness to, to winning souls and telling people about Jesus Christ. Now go back to go back to Psalm 19.9. Just two more scriptures. Psalm 19.9. By the way, some people do more soul winning and never come out on Saturday. I want you to know that. Now, they should come out on Saturday to make it because it's a church outreach. But some people do a lot of soul winning and can't make it on Saturdays. And they do more soul winning than those that come out on Saturdays. Now, you think, well, I have some kind of hidden knowledge. No, I just know that there's people that are that are still witnesses everywhere they go. But maybe they can't come out on a Saturday. And there's people that come out on Saturdays and don't witness all the rest of the week. So what's going on with that? You need to just get up here and preach, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really, you can hold them up while just let them go. <laughs> well, amen. Psalm 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Look, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And not only does the fear of God cleanse, but His truth will be revealed. And His, our truth will be revealed at that judgment. Because all His judgments, all His judgments of the Lord are true. He's not going to make a mistake when He judges you. He's going he's gonna to cut it right down where it needs to be. It's going to be revealed. The truth will be revealed. Righteousness will prevail at that judgment. The judgment will be final and it will be lasting. So, be careful to fear God because of this judgment. Because actually, it is preparation for eternity. After this judgment, we are prepared for eternity. The bride is ready to sit down and and the, and the marriage is consummated, and off into, off into eternity we go. Amen? 
All because of this judgment has prepared us. Just flip over two books to the right to find Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes 12.13. I'm just going to read them. Let us hear the, the, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You can't do one without the other. You're not going to keep His commandments unless you fear Him. Unless you fear God. Amen. The greatest, the greatest thing you can do is to fear God. One more. I promise. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5. <coughs> this is the verse I was looking at. And um, Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse 7. Who in the days of His flesh, talking about Jesus, who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him that was able to save Him from death and was heard in that He what? He feared. Jesus Christ feared His Father. I think that's good enough for us if it's good enough for Him. Because... The fear he had, the way he held God in such high regard, his father, and such honor, it caused him to be, it go all the way to the cross, even though he labored in the garden there. He cried tears with Lazarus, and all the times that he prayed and poured his heart out on the mountaintop somewhere, all alone, knowing what was coming, he still went all the way because he feared. Because he feared. I think it would do us well. To consider, how much do I fear God? If it was important to Jesus, how important is it to you and I? I just think your fear of God will be the strength and the foundation in your life to help you finish the course that God has you on. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, that we could be together tonight. And uh, Lord, it's a, it's a privilege and just a great honor uh, to be able to assemble together and, uh, Lord, hear the preaching of the Word of God. And Father, every time we, we come together and open this book, uh, we can learn about You, learn about ourselves, learn how to serve You better. And I just pray, Lord, that we would just take away the fact that we need to consider how much do we fear God? How much is that a part of our life every day? How is it influencing us in our prayer life and, and witnessing and uh, just just our walk with You? God, I pray that we remember also that in the future there is a judgment for the Christian. And Lord, we shouldn't take that lightly. We will regret it if we do. But Father, I just pray that uh, we'd all even leave the night recognizing that we need to be in the fear of God and that we love You. Lord, may we do things not just because we have to, but because we want to. We've moved from just fearing You to loving You with all of our heart and all of our soul, all of our mind and strength, and the fact that it is our duty now has become, I want to serve You. I want to do it. Father, we love You and thank You for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.